Hour, a weekly careers podcast where we talk about work life from the perspective of two real people. We're your hosts, Brittany Bowering and Penny Blackmore. And if you like the show, please rate, review and subscribe. It helps others to find us and gives us a boost in the charts. Boost them charts. I stole that. I'm sorry. How are you doing? Oh, well, I feel like... Um, I always talk about how great I am. <laughs> and so I don't want to be negative, but I also think it's good to like share when times aren't the best. It's so important. Because otherwise people have this idea of your life that it's like perfect is, all the time. This is a social media gaze, right? Mm. Everybody's seeing everyone else's lives through all of the magical moments. Yeah. And not any of the real shit. Yeah. I'm like, I'll post 100 fo- photos of my holiday to Italy, but when I come back and have a nervous breakdown, <laughs> I will leave that well off the internet. Right. I'm going to yeah. save that for the pod. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so what are you freaking out about? What's going on? Um. So, I mean, like... <sighs> So basically, I have four freelance clients. Okay. I have a podcast with you. Yes. I don't know if you're aware. It's true. I try to write creatively. Mm-hmm. I have friendships. Yeah. I have other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just, when you're spread quite thin, it's, it's really easy to think, I, I just had this moment where I was like, I am failing at everything. I'm oh. not doing anything properly. I'm not giving anything my full attention. Yeah, I'm having trouble with like focus and context switching and just making sure that uh, I, d- I just felt really down about myself pretty much all last week. I was oh, like, shit. far out, like, I don't know. It Do you just, think it was, it's like an organizational, like where you feel like maybe you need to become a, come up with a better system for oh. making sure, you know, everything's sort of in one place and organize and, uh, you know, you can find all the information right away and so you're not stressed about that kind of thing or? Yeah, I I also think it's just a matter of like having a lot on your plate and not having a plan for how you're going to address it. Okay. Um, So yes, in other words. Yeah. Um, So I just came back from holiday and kind of dove straight in, dove, dived, jumped straight into work. I think you dove. You you dove. Yeah. And and like catching up with people I hadn't seen for a long time. Yes. Um, and just trying to do a lot of things without any sort of, uh, without taking a step back and thinking about how I was going to approach them. Right. Um, and so basically, uh, I kind of had to fix that feeling because it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just sort of said to myself, like, what advice would I give someone else if they were feeling like this? Great. Um, and that was to essentially just sit down and write down everything that I think I need to do because often that feeling of being really overwhelmed is like, it's actually not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you think you've got all this stuff to do and it's all due tomorrow, but actually like one workshop that I'm running is not for another three weeks. You know, I've got heaps of time to prepare for it. I don't even need to think about it. Yeah. That's so funny that happens like that happens to me all the time as well. Mm. I just feel this overwhelm. Mm. And then when I actually sit down and write everything down that I that's, you know, running around in my brain, mm. I realize it's actually definitely doable. And man- yeah, manageable. Yeah. Exactly. And also even if it's not manageable, you can still prioritize. And it's so funny because prioritization is like a lot of what I do with my clients. I'm yeah. like, leave that for now, focus on this. That's going to have the highest value. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just sort of sat down and attacked that a little bit yeah. um, and figured out timings for things and stuck post-its on my wall as I love to do. You get a post-it out. Uh, you know you're, you're doing okay. You know? It's so funny that post-its... <laughs> Something when 100%. really you've just written 
three or four words on a poster. <laughs> but um, yeah, oh, so that's kind of been my vibe a little bit. And okay. I'm feeling a bit better about it now. I'm looking Good. forward to just, yeah, just having a few things ticked off the list. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's kind of funny that you're talking so uh, positively about being a freelancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because I... Penny Blackmore, which you already know. I do, yes. Spoiler. (laughs) Yeah, but I have officially uh, decided to join you in the freelancing game. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, she's coming over to the dark side. It's kind of crazy. I feel nervous and excited. There's like this nervous excitement. It's Mm. mostly excitement, a little bit of nerves, Mm. just a bit of the unknown, Mm. you know? Um, But I think it's like very mentally sane to be nervous about a change like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah, I I mean, I know you'll be so good, not just fine, but good. But also like, um, I think freelancing, it's like the highs are high and the lows are... Right. (laughs) Deeply low. They're they're difficult. They're low. (laughs) Yeah, I just feel, I mean, this is something that, you know... I've been thinking about for a little while and I always I always kind of knew that I would uh, like leave the company that I'm currently at to pursue some things that I want to pursue mm. and just to kind of move forward um, and yeah like I just honestly there were a few things that happened for one I was like I need a new exciting challenge and a bit of a change, Mm. you know, because once you're, I mean, the work that I uh, was doing with AJ and Smart was so intense and so great. And Mm. I was learning a lot and doing a lot. Um, It was only three years Mm. that I worked there. three years. See, for me, that's like a lifetime. It's Well, it felt (laughs) like a really long time. Yeah, Yeah, it like... You know, I think in this this day and age, if mm. I can say that, it is a long time to be at a job, especially mm. when you're working in tech. Mm. But um, I just kind of felt like, yeah, I, I need a change now. I need to shake things up. I need a new challenge. I need to, I need to, you know, conquer something new. Yeah. So I thought now I think it's the time. I'm at this place where I feel like I've learned so much. I have all these new tools. I have a more uh, a better sense of what. I'd like to offer and the mm. kind of work that I'd like to personally do. For sure. And I, I'm just going to... And also, I would assume you have a lot more confidence about it because you know that you really smashed it at your last job. And um, I mean, you've kind of got this... <laughs> Britney's kind of a celeb in this niche community. <laughs> in a very niche. It's in a, a very niche Yeah, you've community. got a bit of a reputation. So yeah, that sounds cool. terrible, actually. You've got a reputation. But it's cool that, that, bad people, that people recognize me in that small little space, which mm. is, it's that's unbelievable it's and small. really cool. But it's small, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but that is really neat. And I do feel uh, very confident. And, and this Did is you something... Did neat? No, I said niche. Oh, I thought you said neat. I was so excited. Oh, did I say neat? Maybe I did. You're like, it's really neat. Oh, I, oh. Oh, maybe you said, I mean, it's like, really we're going to leave all of this in because it's Oh, maybe so I said cute. neat. I mean, I definitely say the word neat quite often. Oh, I've never heard you say it. Really? I'm really into it. Okay, good. Mm, I'll keep it going. I'll too. keep it going. Um, but yeah, I just feel the confidence is there. I'm excited about doing work that uh, is driven more by me mm. and I can kind of, yeah, work with the clients that I want to work with and do things that matter and, you know, to me personally. Yeah. I'm really excited about, like, self-direction. Eee, yeah. I'm so excited for you. Thanks, Pen. No problem. Ooh. I think also, like, at small companies, 
the dynamic is like you come in, you have the opportunity to grow a whole lot in a really yes. short amount of time. Yes. But then because they're small companies, there's nowhere to go in terms of like, not nowhere, but in terms of like promotions and yeah, growth different is types, definitely moving slower. around, yeah. like you, that you definitely hit a ceiling at some point. Yeah, I think um, so. So you kind of grow really fast and then slam against the door. Yeah. Wall, door. Either one, you know. Slamming heads against the door. <laughs> Maybe wall because doors you can open. Walls you can't. You know <laughs> can what I mean? Can you imagine trying to slam your head and the door just opens and you're like, you're like oh, <laughs> I was trying to slam my head against this door. I was trying to do door. it for emphasis. Um, yeah, no, I'm super excited. So I will definitely be reporting here uh, all my new learnings about doing freelance work yeah. and all the kind of craziness that that involves. Um, yeah, and maybe we'll do, I would, you know what I'd love to do is a little interview with you about what you've learned. I mean, you know, doing free, you've done, no, this isn't your only experience doing freelance. You did it also before, um, before your jobs, uh, before your, we worked together. Yeah, I, I did. Bit. Technically, I had a freelance visa. Oh, okay. But I really did as little as humanly possible. Oh, okay. okay. I was not like actively seeking clients back then. Ah, okay, okay. I was just being as lazy as hell. I misunderstood. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought you had more experience. Just no, kidding. this is I, my first real freelance life. That's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, be, I mean, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And um, there'll be more, of course, uh, I'll have more time to work on happy hour stuff with you, Yes. Penny. Oh, I'm we so can, excited about that. We're so excited. We, ha we have like a... Like so many people, we want to actually interview mm. on the show. Mm. We have so many things we want to do. We want to do more in person events. We want to, like, we have some real goals. We for have this a wealth boy. of ideas. We sure do. And I, yeah, we really want to make it a community that everybody wants to be a part of. Exactly. In, in a nice way. Valuable. Right? Value. Because Lots of the of value. value. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to value. Love that. That was a great cheers. All right, Penny, what do we have from the letterbox? We've got a letter from Chris. Ooh, baby. It's a good one. Um, okay. <laughs> and now Penny will read it. <laughs> Life is so hard. Um, hi, Penny and Brittany. I hear the term red flags a lot, and I would love to know what you think the red flags or deal breakers are that I should look out for before accepting a job. These could be things that appear in the interview process, in the probation period, or really whenever. I just don't want to waste years of my life in a job that makes me stressed, frustrated, and miserable. Thanks, Chris. Great question. Uh, I love this question. Me too, yeah. And I think it's such a tempting way to think like, oh, I can anticipate and control something that is really kind of out of my control in oh, many interesting. ways. Um, okay. So what's your, what's your, like your first kind of piece of advice or what would you say mm. other than it's difficult to tell? So I would say that I've seen like major red flags in many job interviews mm -hmm. and in the first few months of the job that I've accepted um, and basically, my perspective of, on it is like, are these things that you can tolerate? Right. Because no job is perfect. Yeah. Um, and also, something that appears in an interview might not appear later in your career. or yeah. um, and, and it might not equal stress and frustration. And in fact, like, you're likely to be stressed and, frustrate, stressed and frustrated at a job regardless yeah. of the red flags or no. Yeah. Um, I've also like... 
The other thing is I've taken jobs with red flags knowing full well that it might be a bit of like psychological torture Mm. and I've taken them because I saw an opportunity that overshadowed those red flags. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I'm like... I ha- and and looking back on it, I have no regrets. Yeah, I I'm glad I have that experience, um, and I'm really yeah, I'm I'm happy that I did it. Yeah. So when you say them. that you saw these red flags, like, can you give me a, an example or two of a red flag? <laughs> Don't put me on the spot. Oh, Brit. sorry, buddy. I mean, like, I I see a minor red flag as someone who has no. I'm trying to put this in a nice way, mm-hmm. but doesn't give a shit about interviewing in a useful way. Right. Do you so know what someone I mean? who's unprepared for an interview? Unprepared and also just has never bothered Googling it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if you run a company and it's your job to hire the right people, I personally would be like on the internet just looking up a few quick tips or listening to Happy Hour's really great episode on running interviews. That's right. Um, so like the idea of someone talking all the way through an interview and not asking me any questions, like that's a little red flag for me. So for me, that's a really big red flag. Mm-hmm. And it's not only because it's like, oh, they didn't actually take the time to look into what an interview should entail. Mm. But to me, that also means potentially if this person is going to be like your manager, mm. for instance, it sounds like it will be very much a they direct they tell you mm. what to do mm. and then you do it. Yeah. And for me personally, that's not how I like to work. Mm. I like a collaborative environment. Mm. I want to, it seems have to be autonomy. a conversation. Mm. Yeah, have a bit of autonomy. And to me, if someone sits down with you for an interview, and I'm talking not if it's the, you know, hiring manager, but if it's actually going to be someone you're working, you're working for. working with, yeah. Um, and they just talk the entire time. This is, that is exactly what that tells me. So that's a really great point that you brought up. Like, who is the person making the mistake? Is it someone Mm. you're going to be working really closely with or someone who essentially has no part of your daily work life? Yeah. Um, I think that's a great point. Like, (laughs) because obviously, like, if there are red flags with the HR manager and you don't work in HR, then it really doesn't matter. Um, That sucks for them that they've put their foot in it, but otherwise... You know, you can kind of, you can forgive that a little bit. Absolutely. I was in an interview once where I, at the end of the interview, the whole, do you have any questions? Mm. And question came up, right? And I said, um, yeah, I actually am. I, I do have a question. I was interviewed by two people. One was going to be my manager. He was new and he was building, like building out his team. Mm. And the other person would be like a colleague. Um, and so it was the two of them. And I asked them, uh, and she had worked, the colleague mm. had worked there for like four or five years or something, mm, like a mm. long time, right? And I said, I asked them... I remember them, you telling me this. Yeah, I asked them both, what is it that keeps you at this job? Or what is it? Why? First of all, you I asked him... You guys have been here for a while. Yeah, you've been like, here for a while. Why, must be good. Yeah, there must be something that you really like about it. Can you tell me why you work here? And then for him, I, I said, can you tell me why you took this job? I know you're new to it, but I'd love to know why you took it. What excited you about it? Um, her answer, or his answer was, yeah, like, to be honest, like, I kind of took it because it was like a sexy title and like the, the product is kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. And he said like sexy four times. And I was uh. like, okay. And I know we use that in text sometimes to describe a kind of a cool 
product or something. There are other words out there. Right. But I just thought it was kind of funny. And then... It's also like quite shallow to what describe a shallow something thing. Like, sexy. I want to work for you. Like, like high impact or there's, yeah, you know, we, I there's love potential. our customers. Yeah. But not sexy. Yeah. And then she was like, she said, she said something along the lines of, of um, yeah, I mean, like people bring their dogs in sometimes. And I was okay. like... All right, that's a big red flag. Yeah. You know, like you, <laughs> no one here is excited about working here. Yeah, yeah, and for none of the reasons that align with my own values, mm. right? What do I actually want to get from my job? It doesn't seem like they are excited about the mm. same things. So that seems to me like it's not a good fit. Yeah, I mean that's fascinating because like I uh, I have I am a wildly optimistic person, and so I rarely have outright regrets. So even when there are like red flags and bad experiences or whatever, I'm still mm-hmm. like, that's good because I learned all these things and I got yeah. as much as I could out of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the, I guess the non-negotiable red flags are like, are the business's financials really bad? Like, yeah. you know, Alitalia, 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 the airline, just said that three ways. They were pretty much all the same. It's the Italian airline. They've been in receivership for like five years or something. Yeah. So they could go under at any time. Like maybe that's a bit of a red flag. I mean, it's hard to, like, that's kind of a tough one to yeah, know about. I, their... I, I would be surprised if they're hiring. But you know what I right. mean? Like yeah. if, you, if you see something and you're like, oh, shit, this business might not last another six months. Right. That's a red flag. Yeah. Things like really blatant sexism, really yeah. blatant racism or homophobia. Yeah. I mean, like if the person interviewing you smells like alcohol or like, you know, stuff, the major horrifying stuff, that is a major thing to consider. Yeah. Um, and obviously there are horror stories at every workplace and every organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of important to understand that while you will never find a perfect workplace, there are things that... Um, I mean, yeah, you, you have to decide whether you want to forgive them or not. 100%. And whether they align with your values and who you are as a person. I think there's also a lot you can get kind of sub, maybe not subconsciously, but if you're walking into an office and everybody looks miserable, do you know mm. what I mean? Like there there should be a general vibe yeah. of happy people, mm. people doing work that they're excited about. Yeah. Or else I'm not interested. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that... Um, in an interview as well, if people, I think if, if people can't really describe the position clearly, that mm-hmm. scares me because I'm like, what am I walking into here? Yeah. Like, what am I actually going to be doing? Or am I going to be just picking up all the scraps from everywhere? Like, yeah. what is my job description? If they can't mm-hmm. give you that, that's a bit of a red flag. Um, yeah, I think also, I mean, what about, how do you feel about going, like, once you start a job, mm-hmm. let's say your first few weeks, I think that can tell you a lot about how things are going to go. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Like, what about gosh. onboarding? Like, <sighs> I mean, like, I've always been the first, not the first person in my position, but one of the only slash first people in my position. Right. So there's very, there's never been a lot of onboarding for me. And like, I've, I've said this before, like, I've always been pre- pretty strategic about choosing companies that are in like rapid growth. So they're right. learning a lot. There's not a lot of structure. It's not like I've ever okay. worked for a big bank or something. Yeah, true. Um, because I enjoy that sort of world. Yeah. Um, and so there's been many times where I've literally had no onboarding. But again, That's that true. kind of like 
I knew what I was getting into yeah. and I was ready to accept that. Yeah. Um, and my values tell me that I like learning and I like being scrappy. And um, so that's an acceptable decision for me. Yeah. Whereas um, if you're joining a team of five people and they're all doing what you do or something similar and no one can tell you what you're doing or share any documents or, and no one's willing to kind of collaborate with you, um, on your and to get you to where you up need to, to be further yeah. up to speed. That's what I'm after. Yeah. Um, then that's kind of a bummer. Exactly. <laughs> For me, I feel that exactly. I mean, at AJ and Smart, I joined so early on. I was employee seven, I think, that there was clearly no onboarding. Like I came mm. in, I had my own laptop. They gave me an email address. And then I think I started just like writing things. Oh my God. <laughs> like as in like, I, I was like, oh, I'll just write some blog posts or something. Great. So I started doing these things, right? Just like on my first few days, I remember that. And then we ran a workshop and blah, blah, blah. And then it all kind of took off. So yeah, it wasn't a deal breaker at all. The fact that, you know, no one really knew how mm. to onboard or that yeah. they should. You know, it was a really young company growing. So definitely that's not a deal breaker. But I agree that if you if you join a team and you arrive there and your manager's like, oh shit, is it the seventh? And like, oh, you're starting today. Okay. You know, and there's like, everything's just like a bit of a disaster. Mm. Um, that to me is a bit of a red flag that, okay, things are disorganized here. People don't really know what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. That might be a feeling that persists mm. throughout, you know, my time here. Are you, it's like any, I say this all the time. Like it is like a relationship. Yeah. In a relationship, um, you just need to decide if you're willing to deal with it or not. Actually, that's a good point because I think I think a lot of people don't listen to their instinct. Like what yes. is your foundational instinct about a workplace? Are you yeah. like, holy shit, like these people are disorganized, it's chaos, but I'm kind of loving it and I'm yeah, kind of it's up exciting. for it. It's yeah. exciting. I'm going to get to do whatever I want yeah. in terms of like just uh, shipping things or um, launching things or, or writing starting posts, something new, starting something and getting it done. Whatever, like yeah. that might be really, that might tap into something for you. But if yeah. your instinct says everyone's afraid of the boss yeah, or, yeah, you know, like yeah, the morale out. here sucks. Yeah. No one has anything nice to say. Yeah. Uh, the clients are falling off a cliff. Yeah. Like, Listen to that. Yeah. You know, really... Don't make excuses. What makes what makes sense to you? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I guess, I guess you can't tell someone else what makes sense for them. That's so true. I think that's a really good point of this instinct thing. I think we often fight that. Yeah. Because getting a job is really difficult. Yes. And then once yeah. you get it, you're, you're like, like, oh, I, I don't want to go back on. out there. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean... That's also a valid reason to keep a job because you don't want to have to look for a new one. I get mm. that. And mm. the money and everything you need to pay your rent. Um, but don't ignore that. If you see those flags coming up and you feel uncomfortable about them and you think, this is not a place where I can flourish and grow mm. and, you know, be better at my job, then you should maybe start looking for something else. Yeah. It's so it's funny tricky. how many people stay in jobs for years. Like, I, I've worked with so many people who, at one point, they'll say to me, I'm going to resign. Yeah. And then a year later, I look back and I'm like, remember you said you were going to resign last year? Remember you said you hated your job? Yeah. Like, people just hang around. And I've they done do. it as well. Like, you just don't want to go back out there. You're yeah. comfortable. Life is exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, life is, there's a lot of stress in life. And sometimes I think we like to 
Yeah. I once, uh, in very, very early days, worked at a really big corporate company and worked in this, you know, team or wing of the company. And there were 20 or 25 people. And Uh, I remember there were, I was the youngest, I was the youngest and there were, was one other person who was around my age and everybody else was kind of in their like mid thirties mm. to like sixties, yeah. right? All over the map. But the, the people that were in their like fifties to sixties, they had all been there for like 15, yeah. 20 years yeah. and they hated it so much. Oh, and they literally would say things like, um, Like, I mean, I can't leave now because, yeah. you know, which is fair if you're in your 60s. That's but a there's tough situation. there's also a lot of fear. That's the thing is mm. like, they, but they had been saying that for so, they're like, well, you know, I've been here for five years, so I guess, you know, and then it's 10 and then it's mm. 15. And then you're like, wow, my whole career, I've really not cared about my job and really been, you know, yeah, whatever. Like, I feel like I always like the minute I stop learning and I stop, things stop being difficult, I leave. I'm out of there. Yeah. Like I have very, I have a bad resume in that way. Like it's just, you know, like 18 that's, months, two years, 18 months, two years. I think that's really different though. That's changing a lot. I don't think employers look at that anymore. Nobody seems to care. They don't care. <laughs> no, they don't care, right? Because it used to be that, oh, we want to see that you're out of place for several years in order. But these days people, if you're good, you don't stay around long. That's yeah. kind of the whole thing. Yeah. Right? I, I've heard I, that many I guess times. so, yeah. I mean, like, I just don't want to... I think it's interesting, this idea that you brought up of, like, 60-year-old people staying in a company for 20 years or whatever, because realistically, you need to be in the market. Like, the way I see it, mm. you need to be in the job market all the time, like, dipping yeah. your toe in and dipping it out yeah. so that you know that, okay, everybody now is looking for this kind of expertise. I better get that. Um, so That's that I'm constantly valuable and constantly skilling up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, I could never stay at a job for 10 years, I don't think. That's crazy. It just seems like a lifetime. It's insane. I mean, unless you're getting, I know, I know a lot of people actually who have been also at jobs for 10 years, but are really happy because they're, you know, jumping oh, no around departments yeah. and like, you know, working on, they get a new job, more of That's totally so a different thing. So this is thing. what I was saying about big companies. You can actually do more in big companies. Yeah, you Obviously, like in a 25-person agency, you're like, yeah, I'm already as senior as I can get. Yeah. And I there's a limit to how much we can do because we've got limited people or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. Well, that we went on a little bit of a rant there, but we I liked did. it. We I did. I really liked it. Do you have any, any rounding out um, comments to make here? I guess also, I, I mean, like I did have a note here saying that it, there's kind of a sliding scale on how picky you can be about red flags. So if you're like really junior and you're seeing some red flags and you've been looking for a job for a while, just ignore them. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. If you're really senior and you're absolutely smashing it and you're in high demand and you've got five different offers, sure, like start looking, start investigating that, that concern. But yeah. um, I think... Uh, Something that I've seen in a lot of juniors I've interviewed is that they're like really obsessively looking for the perfect role yeah. where they get access to the best clients and the best opportunities and the best projects. And I'm like, you realize you're a junior designer. You're going to be making my slide decks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. know your... Know your uh, Know that there's a whole world of working up that you got to do. I think that that is uh, a really great point, actually, is you're not your first job. You will be very lucky if you find you land your dream 
situation. Oh, for sure. And it happens very rarely. So you can't expect to get everything from your first job. What you, I would say what you want to look for in your first one or two positions is that you have the chance to really learn. Mm, growth and mindset. Growth, it all comes back to growth mindset. 100%. Let's put, get it. Let's put another link to that in, yeah. the, in the show We've linked notes. to it before, but we'll link growth to it again. That's great. But also that you have, I think for an early stage worker, <laughs> is that something you can Poison. say? Um, it's really important that they have a manager who is also invested mm. in their growth. Yeah. You yeah. know, like helping them guidance. Mm. Because I think what happens a lot in companies is a new person, like a, a junior person joins and they're kind of out to sea and mm. they don't really have any parameters. They don't have enough guidance. They don't have these check-ins that they need to mm. really feel like they're getting somewhere. You know? For sure. And I think that's like a call to arms for all managers. If yeah. you can get your junior, like if you can kind of step up and create... Um, just some some even high level support for juniors. Like I got absolutely nothing when I was younger. Me too. Me too. It was just like good luck to you. Bye. Bye bye. Here's your email password. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Which is Impress fine. Me. It makes you it's scrappy. Like, what? Yeah. And I don't necessarily believe in handholding, but um, yeah. I definitely think that if some managers realize, like, okay, here's a junior that really you know is committed to learning and yeah uh, has potential. And even those that they don't see potential in because sometimes you're wrong, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. just give them a little bit of something. Totally. Give them something. Penny, mm. are you, like, are you excited for the weekend at least? It's almost the weekend. I'm excited for dinner. Dinner! We, Penny and I are going so for dinner. Dinner. Yeah. God, that's so Australian. Dinner. Dinner. I'm excited to get dinner. some dinner. Yeah, dinner. we're going to have some dinner. We're going to have a couple glasses of wine and just enjoy this Thursday evening. It's, uh, well, should we tell them what day it is? Yeah, it's the, yeah, we should. I mean, we're a few episodes. We've got a few in the bank. That's right. So this will be coming out uh, after Later. the fact. But it's reunification day. Yeah, so it's like when the East met the West and had fun. Yeah, Did in you Germany, know, we should say. Do you, do you have any fun facts about the reunification stuff? No, please tell me. Okay, here's some. <laughs> Number one, when East Berliners or East Germans went over to the West, there were like people there giving them money. Mm -hmm. like. Uh, government officials giving them cash money mm. so that they can go and buy sweets and stuff. Oh, like wow. they would give the kids money. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any other fun facts, but I don't. I Not can't really. Think of anything. But I love that idea of like they walk across the border and someone's like, here's five euros. Well, it wasn't euros then, it was Deutsche Mark. Mark yeah. um, get yourself like, a little Like go get candy. yourself a snack. Yeah. Nice little bratwurst. I. <laughs> Because instead of candy, they're definitely going to buy a bratwurst. Kids here yeah. don't eat candy. They eat bratwurst. Yeah, exactly. Cute. Aww, cute <laughs> it's been lovely, folks. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We're going to have a lot more about, I mean, a, a little bit more at least Some about freelancing. And freelancing. Freelancing and, and interviews. So very much looking forward to that. Um, please don't forget to uh, pass this episode along to someone who you think could use it. Maybe they're new at a job. <laughs> like Maybe a passive looking... aggressive thing. Yeah. <laughs> you suck at your job. You should listen to this podcast. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, get better. No, don't um, do that. Yeah. No, it's more of a friendly... Um, 
nudge. A friendly nudge. Oh, wonderful. Your Achei is making fart noises. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <sexy>! <laughs> okay, all right. Bye, everybody. Bye.